Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of sexual violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Today, if you go to Dalston in London... You will likely be attending a music festival or gig, enjoying time in a wine bar or one of the many restaurants. However, the location in the borough of Hackney with its farmers' markets and high rents wasn't always such a coveted place. During the 1980s, Dalston was known as a bustling but impoverished area. In the early 80s, July 19th, 1982 to be exact, four-year-old Rodine Cunningham and her grandmother Mavis made their way to Kingsgate Estate in Dalston after spending the weekend together. Rodine's father Keith was in Spain visiting his brother, international and Real Madrid footballer Laurie Cunningham. Rodine was looking forward to being reunited with her mother Norma Richards and her older sister's nine-year-old Samantha and seven-year-old Saretta. But when she arrived at the Maisonette with her grandmother, they found that the front door was already ajar. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 36 of They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime.
Mavis began to scream when she entered the house, before running out of the door begging for someone to help, all while four-year-old Rodine stood in shock at the sight of her mother's body. There were clear signs of some sort of struggle, and in the lounge Norma Richards' bloodied and naked body was partially covered by an upturned sofa. Mavis's cries for help were heard by a postman on his rounds. He cautiously entered the home and walked upstairs in search of Norma's young daughters. As he slowly explored the property, he entered the bathroom. The postman found the girls' lifeless bodies on top of one another in the cold water of the bathtub. Investigators from Scotland Yard were dispatched immediately and began examining the crime scene, while Mavis and Rodine were left to somehow process what they had found. Norma Richards' clothes were recovered near her body. It was apparent the 27-year-old had suffered a violent sexual and physical assault before she was stabbed four times in the neck and chest with such force that the blade went through her body. The weapon had perforated her breastbone, heart and a lung, causing catastrophic blood loss. Seven-year-old Soretta had been drowned in the bath. Her thumb was still in her mouth when she was discovered beneath the body of nine-year-old Samantha. Samantha had been stabbed at least eight times in the neck, chest, arms, stomach and back before her body was stripped and dumped in the cold water. Officers searched the property for a murder weapon and were drawn to a 19th century bayonet that hung on the wall in the lounge. They dusted the area surrounding the bladed ornament and discovered fingerprints and a partial palm print close to it. Despite the violent scene, none of the neighbours reported hearing anything suspicious. In the wake of the shocking triple murder, Jean Grant, who lived opposite Norma's Maisonette, spoke to a correspondent for the Evening Standard offering her thoughts and describing the relationship she had with her neighbour. Jean said, I just cannot understand what happened. She was such a lovely girl. I've known her for a couple of years. I last saw her on Friday and she seemed fine then. I rang her home Saturday night to invite her to a party, but there was no answer. As far as I know, she didn't have any enemies. She lived with her boyfriend, but he is away in Spain at the moment. I'm just so upset about it. I cannot understand what happened. It must have been somebody breaking into the flat. Norma Richards had gone out with friends that night after her daughters were put to bed. The last place she was seen before going home was a club across the street from where she lived, the Four Aces, 
a popular nightclub with Hackney's black community. Norma had been spotted leaving in the early hours of the morning. No one reported seeing or hearing anything suspicious after she got home. Norma's partner Keith rushed back to the UK from Madrid to be with his young daughter, but he was at a loss as to who would have wanted to hurt Norma or their children. Voicing the constabulary's frustrations, a spokesperson for Scotland Yard addressed reporters and said, We are baffled. There was no robbery, no evidence of a break-in, and the neighbours heard nothing. It would later be revealed that messages were left behind by the killer. Bizarre scribblings, painted on the walls and doors in nail varnish, containing the letters NF. This was believed to stand for a right-wing party called the National Front. The brother of Norma Richards' partner, Laurie Cunningham, was one of the first black footballers to represent England and played for the Spanish club Real Madrid after a successful career at West Bromwich Albion. It was theorised that the murders could have been racially motivated, as tensions were rising in the capital. At the beginning of the decade, there were an increasing number of reports of police brutality against people in the black community, which resulted in a level of mistrust between young black people and the men and women in uniform who were supposed to protect them. Stop-and-search laws left black people feeling as though they were being unfairly suspected of crimes due to racial prejudice from the Metropolitan Police Force. Tensions had reached boiling point in April 1981, when protests against police brutality erupted into violence, and three days of rioting in Brixton followed. Aside from suspected racism within the police force, there were also fascist political parties gaining support in London. The National Front was a far-right group who were opposed to immigration and multinationalism. As Britain became a more diverse and multicultural society, the National Front provoked fear, leading to violent clashes in areas with large black communities. With the party's initials being graffitied at the crime scene, many in the area felt it must have been a racially motivated murder. That or it could have been a deliberate red herring left by the murderer. It was easy to direct the blame elsewhere, considering the mounting tension at the time. Frustratingly, six months passed without any progress in the investigation. This prompted Laurie Cunningham to use his platform to highlight the lack of action by the police. Speaking to a reporter in Madrid, Laurie said... There are a lot of National Front members in the police. If it had been three white persons killed, they'd have already found the criminal. The officer in charge of the murder inquiry, Detective Chief Superintendent Charles Robertson, angrily dismissed the footballer's claim and told a reporter for the Evening Standard, 
It is ridiculous to suggest we have dragged our feet. We have done everything possible to catch the murderer. We believe the person who did this was someone close to the family or someone who knew the family. But even so, years went by and the case was far from being solved. The victim's family were again struck by tragedy in 1989 when 33-year-old Laurie Cunningham was killed in a car crash in Madrid. The triple murder investigation had long gone cold, although the victims were still remembered within the community. Journalist Peter Law began researching Laurie Cunningham's life for a book he was writing in 2008 when he learned of the murders. 26 years had passed and Law contacted the police to learn more about the inquiry. This prompted a cold case review the following April. The murder review group discovered that the majority of the case files on the triple murder had been destroyed, but a semen sample taken during Norma's post-mortem and the fingerprints found on the wall beneath the bayonet were held by the Forensic Science Service. In 1982, there was very little the investigators could do with the sample or the prints unless they had a suspect to compare them with but by 2009 advancements in DNA and forensic technology meant the evidence could be run through the National DNA Database. The profile was created from the semen sample and compared against known offenders. After 27 long years, they found a match and the case was passed on to the Homicide and Serious Crime Command to investigate further. The suspect was identified as a lifelong offender, Wilbert Anthony Dice. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fifty-four-year-old Wilbert Dice had moved to the UK from Jamaica as a child. By his teens, he had numerous run-ins with the law. Between the 1970s and 2006, Dice had been convicted of a number of offences ranging from petty theft and burglary to robbery, assault and possession of a deadly weapon. His DNA was on file as a result of his convictions, as were his fingerprints which matched those found at the scene. And in October 2009, Dice was arrested at his home in Forest Gate, East London. During the initial interviews, Dice was furious at the accusation that he had murdered Norma Richards and her daughters in 1982. He adamantly denied knowing Norma at all and told the investigators that they were ruining his life. When Dice was confronted with the DNA evidence, Dice then claimed that he had consensual sex with Norma in the toilets of the Four Aces Club on the night of the murders. Because he professed to have had sexual intercourse, the evidence alone could not prove Dice was the killer so he was released on bail while the investigation continued. The arrest in the decades-old murder case received a lot of publicity, and the reports were seen by several women who came forward to tell the police about their experience with Wilbur Dice. The first to speak up was Dice's ex-wife Pauline Griffiths, who had been married to him for 18 years until they divorced in 2003. She told the investigators that during their relationship, Dice had been extremely violent and attacked her with a knife on three occasions. In other assaults, Dice used gym equipment, a bike chain and a hammer. He also threatened to shoot his then-wife with a shotgun. Pauline said... In 1990, I had set a bath before an argument started and he put my head underneath the water and I was trying to get breath. I was under the water for a very long time. Then he pulled my head out. Then he took a knife and cut me. 
Another woman came forward to report that Wilbert Dice had followed her home from a club in 1982 when her boyfriend was away. The victim was wearing a nightgown when Dice forced his way inside. Describing the attack, the woman said, He pushed me into the living room. He was stronger than me. He grabbed hold of me. He was trying to have sex with me. I was telling him, no, stop. The victim later told her boyfriend who confronted Dice and a physical altercation broke out. Her boyfriend later said, he didn't fight back and kept saying he was sorry. He was not denying it. A third woman also reported that Dice had assaulted her four years later in 1986. She was at home alone with her 18-month-old daughter when she heard a knock on the door in the early hours of the morning. She was pregnant at the time, and in a sleepy haze assumed the silhouette behind the frosted glass of the front door was her partner, so she opened it. The woman was surprised to see Dice, someone she recognised from the area. He asked her if her boyfriend was home. She said he wasn't, and Dice asked if he could use her bathroom. Unaware of the danger he posed, the woman agreed and went back into her bedroom to check on her daughter, who was still sleeping. Detailing the event, she said, I went back to my baby in the bedroom and felt a knife to my neck. I certainly felt the knife. I can remember it as if it were yesterday. He was naked, but he had black gloves on. I didn't want to make my baby cry, so I didn't scream. And I did everything he said. The victim was too afraid to report the sexual assault and just months later Dice forced her into a tower block in South London at Knife Point and assaulted her again. It was not until the women saw Wilbert Dice's name in the paper in relation to the triple murder inquiry that they felt able to report what had happened to them. With witnesses willing to testify about Dice's history of sexual violence and knife possession, the investigators just had to disprove his claim that he had consensual sex with Norma in the four races on the night she was killed. Luckily, although the club had long been closed, it was a prominent spot in the community. Many remembered how impossible it would have been for anyone to have sex in the toilets without an audience. In April 2010, Wilbert Dice was arrested and charged with three counts of murder and one count of burglary. Wilbert Anthony Dice went on trial at London's Old Bailey in November 2010. As he sat in the dock, Dice appeared more inconvenienced than concerned about the legal proceedings. 
Aftab Jaffa GQC addressed the jury, telling them that the prosecution argued that Dice had followed Norma home from the club that night and told her he knew her partner Keith in order to gain her trust. The prosecution believed that when Norma rejected Dice's advances, he raped and murdered her. Jaffaji told the jury, This is a particularly distressing case, not only because it involves three murders, but the victims of these almost unspeakable acts of cold-blooded murder are a mother and two young daughters. Miss Richards was found completely naked in the living room with furniture upturned. A rapist then went on to become her murderer. The prosecutor spoke about the decade when the crimes occurred. These murders took place in 1982. It was an age of some promiscuity, prior to the onset of the restraining influence of AIDS and the advances of DNA profiling. Albeit an age of promiscuity, it did not mean that a woman was not entitled to say no. She did say no, and it cost her her life and the lives of her children. It is an irresistible inference that her children awoke to see their mother being raped or murdered. Their crime was to have seen their mother's attacker, and so their young lives had to be violently snuffed out. Aftab Jaffaji QC told the jury that the defendant had tried to mislead the police by writing the National Front initials on the walls to make it seem like a racially motivated attack. Quote, The diversion was doomed to failure, and not even the original 1982 investigations fell for that. It was the twin factors of DNA profiling and cold case reviews which caught up with the killer. Wilbert Dice's ex-wife and the two women who reported that he had sexually attacked them in the 1980s also testified during the three-week trial, bravely describing their ordeals in front of a packed courtroom. In the end, after all the evidence was presented, the jury reached verdicts on all charges. Wilbert Dice was found guilty. Judge Anthony Morris QC addressed Dice before handing down a sentence. The judge said, I'm satisfied that in the 1980s you were a sexual predator and a habitual carrier of knives. These were offences of unspeakable brutality and utmost gravity. You got away with these offences for 28 years, and since your arrest last year you have shown no remorse whatsoever. These murders were exceptional. There are no mitigating features. You will serve a whole life order, which means you will never be released. So where are we now? Norma Richards' brother Dalton spoke to the press following Wilbert Dice's conviction. 
He expressed his inconceivable sense of loss after the killings. Twenty-eight years ago, a light went out in our lives when our sister and her daughters were horrifically murdered in their home. In all this time, we have struggled to come to terms to see how and why a human being could take their lives in such a horrific manner. Dalton called Dice an evil murderer and said his imprisonment would bring the family some closure. Norma's surviving daughter, Rodine, who had been present when the bodies of her mother and sisters were discovered two days after they were killed, had delivered a victim personal statement following the verdicts. Then aged 32, Rodine Cunningham said, After the funeral, I went to live with my dad's parents. I had a good upbringing. I enjoyed school, had a lot of friends but at the back of my mind my mum and sisters were dead. I couldn't understand who would want to hurt them. It was hard for me to show emotion. No one in the family would talk about it or talk to me. I would have a cry now and again. I would turn the music up loud in my room so my gran couldn't hear me. It was weird going from being the youngest to the eldest not being able to talk to my sisters about boys, makeup and secrets. Before they were murdered, I remember taking their things and running off, having fun and laughing with them. What could it have been like growing up with them? I'll never know. I never got the chance. As I got older, it got harder. I knew they weren't coming back. Every year on my birthday I would cry. It would be tears of happiness as I remembered them all, but also of great sadness. But none of the family talked about mum. I guess it was too much for them. They must have been too horrified to even say her name. I don't think it was deliberate, just too painful to talk about. Rodine Cunningham had since become a mother herself, and she spoke about the loss her daughter incurred as a result of losing three family members in such an awful way. Rodine continued, My own daughter has lost her aunts and her grandmother. When I told her what had happened to my mum, she became really scared something would happen to me, and even though she never met them, I know she misses them. I will never have my mum back to hug or see her smile. I will never be able to share a laugh or evening out with my sisters. But I will always have them in my heart, and that will never change. I fell pregnant at 18. I wanted my mum so bad to hear her say she was there for me and to hold her granddaughter for the first time. I told myself I can be a good mother, be the mother my mum would have been. It wasn't just me who lost them. My dad did too. I can see the pain in his eyes whenever my mum and sisters were mentioned. He has lost his way in a nightmare he can't wake up from.
Detective Chief Superintendent Stephen Lawrence from the Homicide and Serious Crime Command spoke following the sentencing. He described Wilbert Dice as an evil, violent man who preys on the weak and vulnerable, who never accepted responsibility for his crimes, nor at any stage did he show remorse. He lied and denigrated the victim's reputation by giving evidence that he and Norma had sex in the toilets of a club, the officer said. It is a tribute to all concerned that members of the community in East London now have the confidence in police to come forward and assist. This case highlights the determination of the Met Police to solve every murder and bring those responsible to justice. A case is never closed. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, awalkamonguspodcast.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.